Somebody, do you refer to yourself as an alcoholic even now? Yep, yes I do. Why, why is that? Because I don't, I, I, help me understand RJ, because I don't understand, yeah. help me understand. So, I mean, it can be, it's been used as a, you know, a demeaning term for so long mm -hmm. that there is a stigma attached of saying just the word alcoholic without even talking to somebody or, mm -hmm. you know, calling somebody that. But I could not drink alcohol once or one or two drinks and then stop. Mm -hmm. I had a bad relationship with alcohol. So I was an alcoholic. Has that changed? More than likely not. So I'm still an alcoholic, right? Mm. So, and by me saying it, I'm being honest with myself about my drinking, about my unhealthy habits, you know? Mm. And something that um, I've been thinking about a lot lately is that I'm broken, right? And co be coming to peace with that, but not being ashamed of it. And instead of trying to fix it and put, put things, put people, put outside forces over the top of it to accentuate it. Welcome to the Your Podcast Mentor Show with Jonathan Jones. Here you will learn how to start, launch, and monetize your podcast. In addition to hearing the latest trends and the latest and greatest things happening in the podcast industry. Are you ready? And we got a special episode. We got a special episode today. RJ, man, we're just going to dive in. All right. We're just going to dive in. So... Well, one, I got I got to ask you this question because you are the host of the podcast Untapped Keg. Yep. Where we talk about sobriety and mental health. Yes. What what was your relationship with alcohol before you before the podcast, before you turned over new what was your relationship with alcohol? Um so when I was drinking at my height, it was, I was probably 25 or so. Okay. And it was, I knew where all the specials were uh, for drinks, where all the dollar specials were, <laughs> all the $5 Long Island iced teas. And I would drink until I blacked out. And then it was, where am I waking up? Am I waking up next to somebody? Um, where's my car gonna be? I'm not even sure. Uh, waking up, where's my clothes? Uh, wow. <laughs> that kind of stuff. And it got to the point where I decided that I had to move cities and start over because I needed a change. And so I moved cities and I didn't drink all the nights of the week that I was, which was probably four nights a week. Okay. But when I did drink, I was still, I was drinking maybe once a month, once every other month. And I would drink till I blacked out every single time. Uh -huh. It was, um, I would have two drinks and I'm like, you know what, let's go party. And mm. it was really just stopping my mind and like numbing the stresses of life. So I would get to a point, and honestly, I felt like people, that was the only way that people liked me was when I was mm. drunk, RJ. And Oftentimes, I mean, it wasn't the real me, but it was just like, I didn't have to worry about things until the morning when I'd look in the mirror and I'd be like, uh, just feel this massive sense of shame. And my first thought every morning I woke up was, 
who do I have to apologize to today? Wow. And I got to the point where it was, I need to make a change in my life. I've moved cities. I want to start a family. I want to start a career. I want to have meaning in my life. Um, I just needed to be done. And that was the last time I drank, uh, eight and a half years ago. And I just said, I want to have a family. So if I want to have a family, I can't drink. Wow. So you went from drinking four nights a week to then it was, then it was more so spaced out. Yep. More so like more so sporadic ish. Yep. Right. Absolutely. But, but you, but you made this decision, like it, what, what was it that propelled you to that? Like to even doing that to where it's like, okay, I need to, I'm, I'm slowing it down and I'm more aware of what I'm doing. Talk yep. about that. So just to like do it once or twice, like every other month or once a mm -hmm. month. So I needed a change because I was drinking all my money away. So I'm like a poor college uh, student at this point still. Right. And I don't have money for anything other than ramen noodles because I'm drinking so much. Mm. And so, uh, I would, I had to make a change to move to a different city. I moved to a different city. It's more expensive to drink in this city. So I need to cut my drinking back mm. heavily. And I knew the only way that I was going to be able to do that, um, really was to like limit myself to special occasions or wow. once in a great while, like if I'm really under a lot of stress or there was some reason to do it. Uh, so. Okay. So it was, it was cutting in the, the, the financial part was cutting into, yeah. and it I, was cutting that into was your my living control too. That was how I controlled my drinking. Wow. Like I couldn't control the amount that I drank. Mm -hmm. So I'll control the amount of times that I drink. Uh, I see. Okay. Okay. So eight, eight years, eight year, eight years and some change sober. How, how, how does it feel now to be in, to be in this new space? And we were talking yesterday when we were coming down the escalator, talk, talk to us. How does it feel from being, you know, the, 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 the broke college student that many of us were, but being a broke college yeah. student that was drinking all your money away to now being, being sober. And now, you know, you've made some other decisions. Talk about that. Um, it's been a journey just getting to this point where I am now in podcast movement, um, start the podcast. But what I really did when I first went sober was I went from like alcohol being my uh, crutch for like mm. numbing everything and forgetting to work. So I worked a lot of overtime. Um, if they called, I never said no and I would go. And I didn't realize I was doing that until I started the podcast. Because when I started my sobriety, I listen to podcasts and I listen to Chris Hardwick's podcast, The Nerdist, and he would sometimes talk about being sober and I didn't feel alone. Uh. And I wanted to do that for other people. And since starting the podcast about two and a half years ago, it's really enhanced my sobriety, but it's also helped me to discover who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I would take myself and I would almost mold myself for the situations that I was in. So like with alcohol. I thought that that's what people liked. I thought that's what people wanted from me to be accepted, to be liked. So I drank alcohol because I thought that that was what I wanted to do. Um, my career, I thought that I had to work a lot. I thought that 
um, I had to like certain things like, you know, I like, I'm a nerd. I like Ghostbusters. I like, you know, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I pass it on to my kids, <laughs> like all that stuff. But I wouldn't talk about that kind of stuff at work. I would just talk about work. I would talk about, you know, how much of a, a you know, a masculine man I am, right? Big um, tough guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but really like discovering that I'm doing that, I'm and then enhancing my sobriety First time I called myself an alcoholic was on a podcast. Wow. Really understanding the little things in life that are beautiful. And, um, you know, when you're drinking, when you're in the midst of living life, you, you have this fog. Like, you see everything, but you don't see it completely clear. It's like you're looking through a screen. Um, and you can see everything that's out there, but there's just something that isn't completely clear. So you, you don't take things uh, for what they really are. And you honestly don't, when people talk about like beauty and little things like trees or mm -hmm. bird songs, beach, you're like, yeah, that's, that's not how it really is. Like you're just sugarcoating it to make it better. But when you remove the drinking, when you remove uh, what you use to numb, you start to see the world in this clarity, in this detail, and you go for a walk and you see the trees and you know, this is beautiful. You feel the wind, you hear your kids outside playing. Mm. You can really appreciate what life is giving you. And then I went through, I've been going through, I've been working on being my best self, like consciously trying to be the best RJ that I can be and I realized down here at Podcast Movement that I was still trying to take me consciously trying to be the best RJ and put it into the old RJ. Mm. And I came to the realization that the things that the old RJ used to do is not what the new RJ wants to do. So why am I taking, you know, the mm. square peg and trying to put it in the round hole? I need to accept that things are different and just try to um, adapt and you know go with go with what I'm feeling and not run away from it and try to understand it and how can I make how can I make that into helping me take the next step with where I want to go in life that's interesting you said that just because uh, I, I think that so often if all of us aren't careful right we 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 there are certain things that we feel that we don't like, we don't want to do, but we do it anyway because of, you know, the people we hang around, because of relationships we have, just because how we're going to be viewed or how we're going to be seen versus, you know, just leaning into what, what we want to do. Um, but I'm, I'm curious personally about, about this because every, every time I, I hear the term alcoholic, yep. I feel it, it would be a and, e and even people who are who are go who have gone through sobriety or in the still in the midst of still walking out their journey. Like if somebody do you refer to yourself as an alcoholic even now? Yep. Yes, I do. Why, why is that? Because I don't I, I, help me understand, RJ, because I don't understand. Yeah. Help me understand. So, I mean, it can be it's been used as a, you know, a demeaning term for so long mm -hmm. that there is a stigma attached of saying just the word alcoholic with out even talking to somebody or mm -hmm. you know calling somebody that but I could not drink alcohol once or twice one or two drinks and then stop mm. 
Mm -hmm. I had a bad relationship with alcohol. So I was an alcoholic. Has that changed? More than likely not. So I'm still an alcoholic, right? Mm. So, and by me saying it, I'm being honest with myself about my drinking, about my unhealthy habits, you know? Mm. And something that um, I've been thinking about a lot lately is that I'm broken, right? And coming to peace with that, but not being ashamed of it. And instead of trying to fix it and put, put things, put people, put outside forces over the top of it to accentuate it, to understand it and to really, you know, understand myself and really show people that you can be broken, but that doesn't mean that you, that doesn't mean that you are lost, right? That doesn't mean that you are, um, that there's, it's irreparable. Like I, I think that being broken, you can really see and create the beauty around it and help other people to see there's nothing wrong with being broken and that broken people can help broken people. So, man, that's strong. That's strong. So, so we talk about, uh, we talk about you. I, I like, I can appreciate the way you broke that down though. I can appreciate that. That makes it make a lot more sense to me. I have a better understanding. So thank you, RJ. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> but you, but you, you also have, you're also a father to two children. Yes. Right. So talk, talk about, talk about from being, going from being an alcoholic to being a present, a present father. Talk, talk about that transition just a little bit. Cause there's, some, there's somebody out there, you know, that's, that's in that space, you know, Absolutely. they just talk to, talk to us, RJ. So being an alcoholic, if I got stressed out, I would eventually go to drinking, whether it was that once or twice a month, but eventually I would go to drinking. So that night and the following days afterwards, I was not going to be able to be my best self. There's days that I'm not my best self anyway, but I'm not like, I'm not even there. I'm not appreciating the stages they're going through. I have no, I would have no patience. I didn't have patience for adults, right? Mm. So making the decision for myself to stop drinking, because that's what I did. What did I want to do? I wanted to have a family. I wanted to do something more than drink to the point of waking up wondering who I have to apologize to. So with that, it helped me to develop patience to allow for the unexpected to not derail my entire day, to not let it pile up the stress, um, but also to appreciate the present moment. So things are going, you know, my kids are three and four. Mm. Uh, there's chaos all the time. Uh, just eating, I mean, eating, you, you have to spend 20 minutes cleaning up after each meal, right? That doesn't drive me to the point where I would be yelling and screaming at my kids. Like, do I lose my patience? Yes, like they're kids. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be lying if I said I didn't. But I have more patience for it, like when it, comes to, when it comes to them, no matter what it is, I take my time and I explain things. Even at three and four, I explain how things work. I explain why some things are the way they are. And I wouldn't have done that if I was still an alcoholic because 
in the back of my mind, I would have, when is the next time that I get to go out and cut loose? Instead of, mm. I'm with my kids, I can cut loose right here, and they would have fun. Let's have fun. And just being fully in the moment. Yeah, 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 because y'all definitely do cut loose. I know some of the cows, <laughs> man, y'all just bouncing around. But I mean, I, I mean, I love it. I, I love it because, you know, it's, it's one of those things now in 2022. Yeah, we a lot of people are either working from home or they're taking certain calls on Zoom. And it's like we want people to be super buttoned up and super professional. It's like, come on, man. People got kids at home. Yes. Like, do you really expect somebody to be buttoned up, tuxedo, and they have kids in the back, they either have to feed lunch or kids in the back, they're trying to get them to do ABCs or whatever. It's like, come on, man, relax. Like, it's not, it's not that serious. Absolutely. Like, it's, it's, it's not that serious. <laughs> okay, RJ, so if, if, there was, if there was one tip that you would give to somebody who might feel like they can't, well, okay, let, let's, okay, well, yeah, let's start here, let's start okay. here. If there's one tip to somebody who's feeling like, they cannot put the bottle down. What would you what what would you tell them? Sobriety is scary, right? Especially when you are trying to put the bottle down. Because when we think about alcohol, what do we think about? Everything that culture and society has told us. It's friends. It's adventures it's uh nights out partying right it's the only time that you can really have fun as an adult when you look at advertisements or even movies and tv shows if the people are out having fun how much of that is involved in alcohol probably 95 percent of it so that makes a very scary decision my life is going to be so boring what can i do uh after i give up alcohol but what you actually do is you give up the box that you've kept your life in and you break that down and you start to see what you can do and you no longer are worried about what you can't do because alcohol is holding you back so you have more money to go on that vacation overseas you know you have the capacity to go on long hikes to go on camping trips, to try something new, try a new hobby that has been keeping you back and you just haven't been able to. But sometimes we need help. And don't be afraid to reach out for help, especially in this moment, that it is scary. Be honest with yourself. It's a decision that you have to make for yourself. It's something that you have to be honest with yourself about. And what it's ultimately going to come down to is where are you going to put that energy? And are you going to put it into yourself? Eight years and some change. Eight years and some change. And I can still taste the bubbles on my tongue sometimes. Really? How do, you, how do you handle that? Like, what is the... It's, you have to ease yourself into it. It took me months before I put myself into a situation where I would be with people and at an event that I would have drank at. Um, 
but you have to surround yourself with people who will help you see it. You do it for a limited amount of time, so give yourself a, an escape route if you need to. And don't say bye, ghost. Just mm. leave. Like, there's, nobody needs to know why you're leaving. Nobody needs to know that you're leaving. And ease yourself back into it. And then you have to, and this sounds cliche, it is to a point, but there's truth to it. You have to have a plan. So when I start to taste the bubbles on the back of my tongue and I smell that beer that I used to drink from across the room sometimes, it is, it is a time where I either go to the bathroom, I start a conversation with somebody, I may leave. Um, I usually do something where I'm moving and not just sitting there. And so when you're moving, you're concentrating on the movement that you're doing instead of the sensation that's on your tongue. So trying to, to change where your mind is. So having a plan for that, um, that's a, it's a big deal and it, it works. It really does work. It's real, man. It's real. Well, man, RJ, I've told you before, man, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you, man. I'm excited for you. Uh, I, I told you I, I want to see you. I, 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 man, I see, I, like I see you out here doing the, you know, like, like just running it up during that, during, during the month for, you know, the, the drug awareness month, Red Ribbon Week, all that good stuff. I'm gonna say it now because I see it, Dr. Smith. I know you see it too. We, 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 yeah, we, we, we see it, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you. Uh, let, please Thank let people you. know, you know, where they can find you, how they can follow you, connect with you, all that good stuff. Untapped Keg on all social media platforms, but the easiest way is to go to the website, untappedkeg.com. You can subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe to the YouTube. You'll be able to hit up all the socials. And my DMs are open. So if you want to talk, if you need help finding resources, if you need help just deciding on what the next course of action is for yourself, maybe, um, I can help you with that from a peer support level. So There it is. Absolutely. Thank you. This is uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's an honor. And like, I am not the same person that I was when I joined the group and having people that believe in me, like that's such a massive deal. And um, that's really what you need in sobriety too, are people that will believe in you. So surround yourself with people who help you to be your best self. There it is. Y'all heard it from the man himself, Mr. R.J. Zimmerman. <laughs> Family, this was uh, another, another exciting and exclusive episode of the Your Podcast Mentor Show. Uh, that's R.J. Zimmerman with Untapped Keg. I'm Jonathan Jones, and this is Your Podcast Mentor Show, where we lay out podcast how-tos. We do the podcast news, and we do super dope interviews. So until next time, peace, and God bless. Live from Podcast Movement. <laughs>